Welcome to another episode of Better Wide Podcast, your modern day Thea's kitchen table with a bit of cheesement and less yelling on most days. What's going on, y'all? This is Brenda, aka Babs. Hey, 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 it's your girl, CO. What's up, y'all? What's going on? It's been a crazy, hectic ass day today, to be quite honest. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I always say that when I jump on here. My life is just um, organized chaos because most days it's organized, but every other day it's chaos, and today was chaos. But I'm good now. I'm winding down. Is that a good thing or bad thing? What? Chaos. That's a really existential question, CEO. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess. Because you could be describing your chaos as like. Like something positive. I think I think it depends, yeah. right? I think it depends. I mean, I think a little chaos is, is exciting and good um, every once in a while. But the type of chaos I'm talking about, it's not the good kind. It's not the kind that okay. you want to have. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to be chaotic. Yeah, but, you know, it's. Um, I think I took care of everything that needed to be taken care of. So I feel so much better now, you know, like a weight get off your shoulders. Basically. Right. You know, everything on my list is done. I need to learn how to be okay with not everything on my list being crossed off. And I struggle with that sometimes, but you know, I feel you. Okay. Working on that. I hope that, uh, you find peace in looking at your to-do list, even though it's not complete. <laughs> Thanks, Boo. What you been up to? <laughs> um, nothing much. I went to New York yesterday, so I'm a little tired because I think I'm just back to back. So in the same way, it's kind of just been eventful for me this week. Um, so I'm here, you know, chilling going through shit with work as always although it has gotten a little bit calmer for me which thank god but we had a one of my staff we i'm hiring two people under my team mm. and we hired two more them both yes okay. and we went through the interview process we hired them but one of them she couldn't continue with the job oh damn that sucks so she started and then stopped but I feel bad because it was like, a, an, I think it was an unforeseen medical circumstance. Mm. And I won't put her business out there, but you know, I felt bad for her and I wish we could, it would have worked out differently, but um, you know, I'm back at square one essentially. So I'm, I'm having an, I'm having to interview again for the well, position. I hope you find someone good that, you know, alleviates the many, many things you have on your plate. Yes. Too. it'll happen for the it'll all will happen and fall in order eventually i love that CEO. sometimes <laughs> i gotta remind myself because I, I i'm a catastrophizer is that a word a person that catastrophizes oh so. really i feel like are i mean i guess i haven't seen you in that i don't I remember <clears throat> feeling that from you you know what it is i think it's because i internalize a lot of it and I don't let it, man, I don't let it grow into something that takes over. But I do. I'm an overthinker. But I'm I'm one of those people that 
I feel like I've learned how to rein in my overthinking and to not allow it to impact like my decision-making or my outlook on life. But that doesn't mean that those thoughts don't cross my mind. They usually do. I always think worst case scenario, but I just, I've been able to teach myself to kind of get out of that mentality. Hashtag therapy. Yes, therapy. (laughs) I'm here for it. Love it. So let's get right into it. Our no me digas this week, shit in the news for all y'all new listeners. Um, So I don't know if you heard about this, but, and of course there might've been other things in the news that I just didn't miss that were worth talking about, but hey, we're here. Mm -hmm. So um, I had read that Harvard University is setting Mm -hmm. up a $100 million endowment fund for slavery reparations. Mm. Hear that about that? No, I didn't actually. This is the first time I'm hearing about it. Yeah. So I guess the president of the school sent out a news, you know, and I don't know if it was a newsletter, but essentially sent out a report and an email uh, addressing the the students uh, with this hundred page report outlining or, you know, laying out the history of slaves on the campus and mentioning how school the school benefited from slavery and sheds light on how the school was for racism and uh, how they prevented black students to attend the university. Mm-hmm. So essentially their plan is to study how Harvard tied into slavery <laughs> And the reparations are going, it's going to be financial. I don't know if they didn't indicate like how much money, but the reparations was money to go to the descendants of enslaved people who labored at their campus. Well, the U.S. needs to take note, (laughs) clearly. But I mean, and this is the first time I'm hearing about it. So I'm kind of like taking time to, to digest, digest it. But if this is true and and it's really and they're going to to hold up their end and there's not going to be a caveat to it, mm-hmm. I think that's as they should, you know, because Harvard, as the institution that it is that has existed for so long, it's one of the original Ivies, and there's so many people that have gone through that university that um have caused a lot of harm. So, I mean, I'm also curious as to where the money's coming from. Yeah. Like, is it coming from the, is it coming from like a wealthy family, like a wealthy white family that's looking to provide reparations or Mm. is it like, Mm -hmm. I'm very curious. I would be very curious to find out the source of the funds. It will be interesting to find that out. I didn't, I didn't see anything about that. Of course, they don't know. Normally, when money is dispersed, quote unquote, it's not disclosed where mm. it's coming from. Well, all I can say is yes, they deserve. Give them their coin. I think that's fantastic. Here for it too. So, uh, we'll keep going right on, right along with yes. on our videos this week. So I have been doing, and I'll just, you know, um, preface this segment by saying that I've been doing a lot of, um, I'm a person who normally has a lot of reflection, self-aware, try to have self-awareness, you know, I'm always like 
like you said, maybe kind of like in my head. So I think a lot about the, all the things that happen. And um, one of the things, well, as part of my journey, I am trying to heighten my spirituality and what it means to be a spiritual person for me. And so even though I have this history of, you know, being raised in Catholicism and going to Catholic church, as an adult, I've had it, it's been a little bit, um, I've been questioning religion a lot. Mm, and, um, you know, I think that as an adult, I've been able to, to recognize and just be mindful of the ways that religion plays a role in society and in people's lives. And I'm trying to figure out how that plays a role in my life. And so one of the things that I think that I've come to just, you know, the realization is that no matter what your religious belief or practice is, that a conversation with whoever or whatever you think is the higher power uh, in the form of prayer is very helpful. At least it has, um, I'm trying to be better about praying and I don't necessarily think that I'm there completely because yes, I have this, um, at first it was just kind of like, well, what, what does this mean for me? Like, what am I doing? And like, you know, I wanted to set an intention, but I really wasn't sure who I was praying to. Right. Cause at one point I be believe that God existed. And then it was like, well, now I believe in the universe. And so it's like, not specific, but now it's just kind of like, well, my belief is that there's a higher something, right? But for the purposes of our audience and just being inclusive, right? That can be whoever. Um, but my remedios this week, essentially, it will require for some people to be open-minded if you don't if you don't believe in prayer. But it is prayer, and I'm hoping that um, I will be able to get into a routine of prayer. And really, I hope you guys do too. <laughs> That's beautiful. And that's coming, this is like coming from like, you know, me, like I'm, I think that I, I think prayer is, is powerful, even though I don't consider myself a, a religious person. Um, I don't pray per se, but I think, I think it's a very similar thought to yours that because of the fact that I believe that there's a higher power, but I, I just don't know what, I don't have a concrete idea of what I believe that to be. So it's like, mm -hmm. who am I praying to? Or am I just praying and asking, uh, uh, being grateful to the powers that be um, for whether it's, uh, like you said, like the universe or ancestors, whoever it is that has, you know, some sort of like divine intervention that has allowed me to, you know, get to the place I am now, or whenever it is that I'm feeling hopeless or, or needing something to believe in, I think. Um, yes. But I, I feel like I still battle with that. So I don't know if I'm in a place where I can commit to that yet. Um, and again, I was also raised Catholic. So I, I think I think I'm a little resistant to, to, and I recognize that, to anything that has to do with religion, just because I think like 
I, growing up in the church and then um, kind of uh, going through a journey where I was trying to find my place in the church and then recognizing the impact of religion on our society and, and seeing a lot of times some of the negative connections, it's made it very difficult for me to do anything that's associated with uh, organized religion. And even though I don't believe prayer is completely tied to that, tied to that, because I don't think that that's an organized religion thing, I can't help but think of it as connected to that. So I think yeah, that's yeah. why I struggle. And I guess to make my very long-winded answer short, I <laughs> don't currently pray, but it is something that I believe is powerful, and that I think that at some point, you know, I can focus my energy to figure out how do I leverage that into something that I feel comfortable with? Yeah, I totally feel that. Um, And a prayer could even be like, honestly, like if you're someone that doesn't believe in any sort of higher being, a prayer could even be like an affirmation or a list of affirmations or a a mantra or, or a chant, something that makes you feel comfort. I think that that can also qualify as a prayer, even if you're a person that doesn't believe, because I believe in a higher power. I just, again, like I said, I don't know what that is, but I think that that's, that's also a way to look at it. Yeah. Hmm. And um, if anybody listening doesn't know how to, how to pray or, or they want to be prayed for, there's a resource that I can share that someone shared with me when I was feeling down and, and prayer was, was, where I found comfort. Uh, it's a hotline that you can call and request for prayer. And um, you literally don't, you don't have to share any information unless you want to be mailed mm-hmm. you know, a prayer or thought. And that person will pray, will ask you what you're praying for. And then they'll just say a prayer and you just listen and you end your call. You know, you don't really have to do much, but just be present. Um, so we'll include that resource. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll put it in the episode, in the episode, in the episode description for those that are interested. Yeah, for those who want to get down with prayer. We will move right along. So our better why this week, well, we have arrived to our better why this week. And um, for those of y'all who don't know, it is, we're still in the month of April and April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And well, we wouldn't be your modern day Thea's without putting it on the table this week. For sure. And just as a disclosure and trigger warning, something discussed may be, could potentially be triggering. So just remember to take time if you need it and come back to us later. Uh, What we'll also do is if there's anything that does end up being um, more sensitive, we'll put the minute mark so that you'll be able to skip over it. And if, if in general, you just are not interested in hearing this, just catch us at the next episode. And just like that, our better why this week is stop cat calling. Yeah, it's not a question, it's a statement, period. <laughs> period. But before we actually jump into that i do want to define sexual harassment because even though catcalling has been the popular word uh, catcalling is a form of sexual harassment and i think it's important to name things what they are so um 
Sexual harassment, according to Oxford.com, is behavior characterized by the making of unwelcome and inappropriate sexual remarks or physical advances in the workplace or other professional or social situations. And of course, as we know, there are different forms of sexual harassment. But today we are digging into catcalling and talking and putting our feelings out there and even some of our experiences. Mm. I feel like you and me have talked about this very briefly. And I think that's one of the reasons why we decided to talk about it today, because I feel like uh, people try to minimize catcalling. So I hope that this conversation allows us to unpack a couple of different situations and maybe we'll learn something and whoever's listening will learn something too and uh, feel empowered to share them, uh, their story as well. So, oh, to go back to what we said earlier, why is acknowledging catcalling as a form of sexual harassment important? That's such a good question. And it's multi-layered though, because yeah. there's so many reasons why it's important. But I think that um, my opinion about why we should acknowledge it and the reasons why it is important is because I feel like to, and I guess I don't want to also specific, specify this to gender because I think that men have also been catcalled at so my point to that is um, I feel like a lot of women, and I'll speak for myself, me as a woman, we are conditioned to or not really shown healthy ways of loving on someone or communicating. Mm -hmm. And I feel like uh, when we accept or we don't talk about how catcalling could be harmful it sets uh the tone that uh, this type of communication to express interest in someone is acceptable so that's just one thing that's kind of coming out of my mind i also think that defining catcalling as sexual harassment allows i think people to to not minimize catcalling for what it is and i also want to push back a little bit because i do think that while catcalling might happen to men like we know that the dynamic the power dynamic is different with a, a man catcalling another um catcalling a woman or even a, a man catcalling another man when the man is the perpetrator like we know that um you know, as we've statistically, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but statistically we know that the result of that is different because the power dynamic is different in terms of like what could potentially happen, right? I think yeah. that uh, there's a difference between, um, there's the, obviously the percentage of how often it happens just because of uh, the way our culture, our, our society is uh, is conditioned. But I think also, um, just the, the dynamic between, um, you know, a man being the perpetrator and a woman being the perpetrator. So I think that that's important to, to, to name as well, because I think that, um, I don't think it's any less important, but I think that it's also important to acknowledge the severity because there's a scale, right? I think that, um, women point blank period experience it more 
from with men as the perpetrators in in um at least currently in the way we live now yeah and i i think it really does set the tone though for like what because i feel like and i guess actually i won't talk to this because we're going to talk about this later so forget it but yeah, I think I think that that's really like my thought. And I think also calling it sexual harassment also allows women to understand like what it is. Not for nothing, like not until I started to really think about it and have these conversations that I've realized like, wow, this is a, a form of harassment. Like just remembering, well, again, this is something that we're going to talk about. It kind of leads to the next question, but just remembering how it makes you feel and how scared you feel it it just you make the connection is like oh shit yeah that was sexual harassment and if i just want to say that i don't think that men are held accountable For and sure. it, it's permissible in a in a way a form of communicating mm-hmm. i think that's kind of what i was trying to get at too it's, it's just this like we normalize it, it when we don't put it in when we don't call it out for what it is like we're, sure. we're just saying that it is okay and this and women should just get over it or deal with it and or take a compliment like they say take a compliment exactly which is some twisted shit it is so it is. i mean you know leading to the next question which you're kind of was probably going to touch upon it what when was the the first time you remember being catcalled hmm I don't know if this was the first time, but I think that it was one of the times that stands out in my mind because I was so young. I think I was 12 or 12, I think, Uh, 12 or 13. And yeah, and I remember this because it just became this like really scary story, I guess, that kind of just stands out in my mind. So uh, my mother um, used to send me walking to a compare, which is like a store, like a Latin store okay. uh, that was like a 10 minute walk from my house. Right. And we grew up in that neighborhood. So it was always like my mom felt comfortable letting me walk there to pick up like I think it was something simple like milk or tortillas or some shit like that. So I'm walking. Connecticut? Yeah, Connecticut in Bridgeport. Okay. So I'm walking and this man on a bike, right? He like starts whistling at me and I'm just like, oh, uh, you know, I, I wasn't it's, uh, really that scared at that point because it was light out. I think that's also important to name like time and places, everything like, but it was light out. So I was just like, oh, you know, that annoying man. So I just kept walking because he was an older man. Um, and again, I was like 12, 13 years old. He keeps whistling again and then he starts like talking in Spanish to me. I don't remember exactly what he said, but he um and this is where I got scared. He started to follow me. So mm-hmm. I like uh ran to compare, went in the store. Don't know if he actually went into the store mm-hmm. or if he like, but I know that when I was outside, he wasn't there. I saw his bike, but he wasn't there. So I don't know if he went in the store, if he went somewhere else. I don't know. Point of the matter is I come out, I have whatever it is I got from my mom. And then I start like kind of running back home because I was scared at that point. I was just like, I just want to get home. So then I realize um, as I'm running that homeboy is behind me again. 
and he's like at this point he's like really close to me and he's kind of uh riding his bike at my pace and i'm just like trying my best to ignore him because i'm like i'm almost home i'm almost home finally i get home right this is the fucking kicker wait on this i get home and i go inside and i'm like oh dad someone's following me my dad goes outside he's like hey he knows the man he's saying hello to him and my dad's like, is he the one that was following you? I'm like, yeah, that that's him. And I'm like 12, 13 years old. So my dad got upset and had a conversation with the, with the gentleman. But yeah, that's the, like I said, I don't know if that's the first time, but that's the first time that stands out in my mind. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. I, um, I knew we were like 12 or 13, okay. I don't remember being that young, but um, I really just remember like walking, being in a specific area in Brooklyn, walking, like not walking, but I was taking one train to the next. And actually, wait, let me back up for a second because I can say that this is what I remember, but I've been catcalled like too frequently to even mm-hmm. same. So I feel like I've, I've felt a lot of, I've gotten catcalled a lot um, in the train, in the subway. And then like when I was in high school being catcalled at, walking down in Brooklyn from the train station to take the bus to go home. And just, I remember feeling uncomfortable, like walking through, a, like walking past these people because they mm. were going to be talking to me or trying to talk to me and then I've had situations where it's like I'm not interested and then the guy gets aggressive Mm -hmm. or they become mad and then they start saying like unnecessary things but I've also been catcalled by a woman in high school and I was caught off guard like because I was like what like Mm -hmm. I just was it was the first time that I think a woman had kind of just reached out in that way and I was like even though I was curious at that point because I hadn't been with women then I was like um I still feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. uh and I want to say that I've been followed before but I can't even begin to tell you the story and I think it was on the train mm. or, yeah I think it was on the train <laughs> Which is also scary because it's like, oh, they're riding on the same train as you, mm-hmm. you're, you know. Um, it's a little harder to get away because you have to wait till the doors open and. Yeah, it's just it wasn't fun. Yeah. No, but those were the times that I remember. I think it's it's interesting because. Um, I also think that there's a possibility that we might remember the more aggressive catcalling because those are the things that are scary. But there's also like um, catcalling that we might not have identified as catcalling because we were so young that we that those that was not even a thought for us. So yeah, it's just something that's like that popped into my mind. But talking about that, like we talked a little bit about like how it made you feel and whatnot, like uncomfortable. Do you feel 
like you felt as uncomfortable or scared when the woman cat called you as opposed to when the men cat call you? I still felt uncomfortable. But do would you say you felt the same? I can't. I probably, honestly, I can't even tell you, but I know that I've, I can't, I wouldn't, I can't speak to it because I don't, I don't want to misspeak either. I want to say that I remember being fearful, Okay. but I remember being fearful specifically when men cat called me. I don't remember how I felt specifically when she cat called me. Gotcha. Because it only happened that one time. It happened that one time, but also she was around dudes. So I was still. Oh. So it wasn't okay. like, you know okay. I mean? it's not like she's a sh- some shorty who's around a bunch of girls. She's a shorty who's around a bunch of guys. So it doesn't. It, it didn't. Was I don't the masculine not. energy you think maybe like was. Yeah. yeah. It could be. Maybe. Hmm. But I do remember feeling fearful because I'm like, all right, well, I don't really know what's going to happen. Like, right. I just don't want anybody to follow me. And it was sad, actually, now thinking about it, that I, my disregard wasn't enough for them to leave me alone. Mm-hmm. It never is. You know what's interesting? I've also heard, I'm curious to get your take on this because I know how I have felt about this. Okay. But the the whole thing when there's the uh, what's one of the things that uh I've heard before in regards to catcalling like oh y'all react different if the man that is cat or well specifically usually it's men the man that's catcalling is someone that you find attractive. Oh, that's interesting. I don't agree with that honestly. I am trying to think if this happened to me, but even if I, I just feel like, no, because for me, it's just the sign. It's just an act of aggression. Like it's kind of like your inability to communicate. Like for me, it's like, I don't give a, I don't give a shit how good you look. If you Mm -hmm. communicate with like, even if you felt like I was good looking, like the person that I'm thinking that I'm going to be with is somebody who could just be like, Oh, Hey, like, what's up? Like talk to me on some like respectful type of way, not coming at me all aggressively, like with this hyped up energy, like you just trying to like, you just, I don't know, like you just, trying to exert some type of power like that that's not what that's not what we're doing i also think like um if i'm being catcalled i already don't want to fucking deal with it so i'm not making eye contact i'm not looking at you so i don't even know if i'm attracted to you to be honest like cute i don't even know if i find you attractive because as soon as you start catcalling I'm, i'm already like all right i gotta go i gotta go i gotta go i don't i don't want to stay here I, this is no i gotta go so I, I that's why I'm like when people would say that and I'm like I don't know. I think I think rule of thumb don't catcall people. Like if you want to get someone's attention, tr- go you can uh try to go up to them but also read the room. If someone is uh walking, oh, especially a woman, if she's walking by herself at 10 o'clock at night, don't approach her, my man. Like it's it's just just don't do it. 
because most women have learned that that unfortunately like that men are are harmful and if a man's coming up to you in the pitch darkness like and you're by yourself like don't don't do it you're you're putting her in a position where she's scared even if you have the best intentions even if you think uh shorty's fine like it's fine like you're just gonna have to like let her go like your attraction is not more important than her feeling safe so i also think if people are wearing headphones that's another thing like if someone's wearing headphones and they're walking fast like they're probably not going to hear you catcalling, but don't approach them because that's also like, I don't know. I just think that that's also a thing, like just being cognizant of like what's, what 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 time it is, honestly, like as simple as it being dark outside. Not I don't have nobody coming up to me when I'm walking by myself in this dark out. I don't care. Do not come up to me, please. Don't. Don't do it. I just think that it has to do also with, uh, an exertion of power you feel entitled to doing that but why do, feel, why do you feel like you could do that is it because i'm a woman i think that i could literally ask any one of my we could literally call one of our friends randomly now hey you ever been catcalled every single one of them is going to say yes i can go out there and ask kiyoshi Reina, baby you ever been catcalled and he's gonna be like no no he's gonna be like probably gonna have to think for a moment because although i will say that i do know somebody who as a man who has a gay man who mm-hmm. has called on men oh yeah of course and that's what i said to you before remember like like men can also be cat called right but chances are they're probably being cat called by another man yeah so yeah i think yeah damn so I guess um, down to our last question for the night, why, and really an important one, why do you think it was so normalized in the past? Hmm. That's a really layered question, I think. It's a layered question. I think it comes back to like, what men are thought are thought are taught growing up, right? Because I think everything can kind of be um, be tied back to like this uh, this concept of like rape culture and 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 um, uh, how misogyny is essentially woven into like the different teachings and and the way that people are are raised, specifically men, um, to believe that they that women are something to be conquered, that they're not full human beings with emotions that deserve to be respected. I think that when you lose respect for something, you treat it any which way you want without any consideration for for them. You, When you look at them as a thing, that's a good way to put it. When you, you lose respect for someone, you see them as an object and it dehumanizes them and you feel like you can do any which thing and i think that that again it's a result of like rape culture and like misogyny and i also think it's um 
it's also the lack of learning how to channel specifically for men learning how to channel anger as a result of rejection um mm. so i think it's a combination of so many different things and i i do think things are are changing and again i think social media and being able to reach the masses has had a huge effect but i still think we have a long ass way to go long ass fucking way sure do so for me, this question is also layered, but uh, when I think of normalization, I think the majority, right, it being women submitting to what the man decides to do and how he decides to lead. Mm. And this concept of- Submission. Women, submission and, you know, them, accepting maybe feeling demeaned would it be like the meaning way of uh of accepting love Mm. that's true if you think about a lot of our ancestors and our elders and the people that came before us i don't necessarily feel at least based on my experiences that they've truly modeled a healthy relationship when it comes Mm. to what it really means to be in a marriage or a a partnership between, you know, two people and, and really identifying or knowing that you're worth, that there is worth Mm. as a woman and that there's a place for that in the relationship. Mm. Because regardless of whether you're going to choose to be with this person forever or not, or it's just like an interaction, you and it's almost like it's still a relationship, right? In this way, where you, it, when normalizing it was is just kind of like, all right, well that that's just what happens. We'll get we'll get through it because we'll get through it. It's almost like this mm. way of accepting um, microaggressions or just brushing mm. them off, normalizing them as though they're not hurtful or harmful or traumatizing or they're not internalized you know we mm. we internalize those things it's like kind of saying like if a, a if someone bothers you at school for a little boy bothers you that's how you know that he likes you mm. well, like that whoa i remember that oh wow oh, yeah. like we're not we're not doing that it doesn't matter if that's what's happening it's not okay because now we're teaching this kid this little boy to mm. show that they care or quote unquote care or like that they're interested by bothering by picking on by bullying instead of mm-hmm. actually being vulnerable and saying like yo what's up like i like you like oh what's mm-hmm. up like you know being i don't know cute as a little kid just being curious and right know being innocent but instead it just ends up being something completely different yeah so i agree i think that that uh the fact that you brought up that um that trope of like uh oh you know he hits you because he likes you or he bothers you because he likes you he's you know uh, I think it's I'm, it's bringing up all these different like uh, tropes, like not just from like our family and and friends and the adults around us, but also like in movies and in books. You know, like I'm thinking about the the whole um, 
oh, she's just playing hard to get, right? So it also puts mm -hmm. that idea into boys' heads, like, oh, I just have to keep insisting. I have to keep pushing. I have to keep trying. She's saying no, but she means yes. Right? She really that, wants it, right? That kind, yeah. even that. I mean, even that's kind of like rape culture. Oh, she really oh, wants course. it. Of course, of course, she yeah. What you mean she wanted it? She said no, right? Exactly. It's like this, this almost like uh, women being coy, right? So it's like women mm -hmm. are coy. So they're gonna be like that. You have to continue to pursue them. You have to come at them a certain type of way to, you know, and and keep going because ex eventually they're going to accept. Yeah, yo, mm-hmm. Damn, or we internalize, I mean, I will speak for myself. I definitely normalized catcalling. Oh, I absolutely. didn't feel like I was uncomfortable by it. It made me bashful, not necessarily feeling safe, but in a way it was just kind of like, oh, well, these things happen, it'll be fine. Yeah. I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna brush it off and keep, you know, going. So I internalized that, never processed the shit. And here we are 30 years later. <laughs> Still talking about catcalling. Still talking about catcalling and how, and undoing our childhood traumas. Oh my goodness. But you know what though? That's why I love this podcast. Everything goes. Even if nobody listens to us, we listen to us. <laughs> We got some loyal listeners, okay? For all y'all loyal loyal listeners, you know. But I guess I mean like uh, it's 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 just us having a conversation about like some real shit and just like I just feel like I just came to a lot of like realizations, connected a lot of dots as we were talking. So I'm like, oh shit, it's kind of like low key like public therapy in a way. That's funny. And I mean, uh, ultimately, that's kind of where my head was at when we were just, this is how it came to be. We were just mm -hmm. legit having conversations. Like, it would be like, oh, yo, I'm about to stop by to drop this off real quick. Two hours later, Brenda and I were talking about some shit, like eight different topics. And I'm like, yo, we got to do something with this. I was like, yo, we should record this. That's essentially what it was. And then here we are. Here we are. Damn, a year and a half later. And still going. And still going. But yeah, I mean, I, I think we made it clear, like for all the men that are listening, like I know some of y'all are resistant and to like listening to this, but have a conversation with your mom, your sister, your cousin, like with the different women in your life and and see what they tell you about this because listen i get self-awareness is a journey but i think that we can only acknowledge and make changes in our society by starting to look at how we contribute to that shit you know to to the shitty things that happen in this world and i just want to throw that challenge to y'all to just talk to the women in your life you know and um because at the end of the day, like, you know, we still, we, we need each other to be able to make shit better. That's it. And I just want to add, for the ones out there who ain't talking to their sons, talk to your sons. Yes, please. It, start, it also starts there. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Let's not forget about those. those let's parents. raise, let's raise the babies to stop catcalling and all the other shit that contributes to to rape culture and uh sexual assaults and misogyny and all the horrible things that happen in this world yeah 
And just like that, we have come to the end. As always, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us for another episode of Pero Why Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Pero Why Podcast with two Ys and like and rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Anyway, y'all, bye. Diaz out.